Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Here at the Centene Community Ice Center, ENB Granite Studios, BK and Ferrario, alongside Brandon Kylie and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Alex Ferrario, a week away from the trade deadline in the National Hockey League, which is why I was so happy when our favorite David Panyota, editor in chief of the fourth period, you see him on Sirius XM NHL, also at the NHL Network, was so happy when he said he was available today to hop on with us to talk about the trade rumors because a ton of them have been swirling around the St. Louis Blues team. David, happy almost trade deadline day to you, sir. Thank you for taking some time out and hopping on with us. Absolutely. What a, this is this is the silly season. This is the crazy time of year. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the Pavel Buchnevich stuff that kind of started coming out more and more as we've gone along here out of February and into March. What have you heard about the Pavel Buchnevich rumors? Well, you know, this, this really started to transpire after, or, or excuse me, this started to, to get louder after, you know, the team started to kind of go up and down over the last, you know, 10 days, two weeks, you know, four wins in regulation in their last 10 games, um, inadvertently for them, you know, creating more distance from the National Predators right now who's passed them. They've won seven in a row. They're seven points up on St. Louis, even though the Blues have two games in hand. Um, and, and it's allowed teams or given an excuse for other teams to call Doug Armstrong and say, hey, where, where are you guys at, and would you consider moving this guy? And, and I think the consideration is there if the price is met. And it sounds like because he has another year left on his contract, he has some no-trade uh, protection as part of his deal, it sounds like you're looking at a first-round pick, a top prospect, and an additional asset in order to pry Bushnevich out of St. Louis. Now, it, it could be a variation of those things. It could be two firsts in a pick. It could be, you know, whatever. is is That's the equivalent in terms of value that St. Louis would want if they move this guy. Comes with a $5.8 million cap hit for what he's doing. And you look at, you know, some of the, the offensive players available, um, he would jump and, and does jump right to the top of the list in terms of, um, p- potential guys that could potential impact offensive players that, that could step into an environment and, and, and create that for a team in need of it. So whether it's a Vegas um, that, that wants to upgrade their offense, especially now with Mark Stone out of the lineup or a Carolina that's looking around trying to add to their offense and they prefer to go out of, to, to shop out of the rental market to get a guy with term, which he has one more year on. Um, so there are a few teams. Edmonton, of course, another one looking to add up front as well as, well as the blue line. Uh, so there, there, there are options available. It's just a matter of are these teams going to be willing to pay a price that's going to be able to convince Doug Armstrong to say, all right, this is, this is what we need to do. David, we know everything is supply and demand, right? That's how the market works yep. in any aspect of life, but especially as we get to this time of the year, as we approach the trade deadline, is it fair to say the only legitimate top six wingers that appear to be available right now are Pavel Buchnevich and Jake Gensel? Uh, you could add, uh, you, you'd add probably Frank Vitrano to that list. 
in, in Anaheim. Um, he's having a career year numbers-wise, goal-scoring-wise. He's got another year left on his contract. Gensel's price tag in Pittsburgh is about the same that I just described for, for Busnevich. The difference between the two, Gensel's a free agent at the end of the season, whereas, you know, Pavel's got another year on his deal. Vetrano, another year on his deal. Um, no no-trade protection, but a much lower cap hit. Um, depending on how you view his teammate, Adam Henrique, if you view him more as a winger versus a center, um, and he can play both, and he's, he's solid at the faceoff dot as well, um, he's also available. He will be traded. Henrique will be. It's not a matter of if. It's, it's when. He will be moved. Um, and then you look at, you know, Vladdy Tarasenko, former blue. He's out in Ottawa right now. He's a free agent at the end of the summer. He has a full no-trade clause, a $5 million clip. Um, but Ottawa is willing to retain, and Tarasenko, what we reported this week, is willing to go to a contender. A little different than years past, you know, when he was only considering a few different markets, moved to the Rangers last year. Sounds like he's more open to chasing another Stanley Cup with a, with a, a, a top contender. So it could be Vegas, could be Florida, could be, you know, Edmonton, uh, even Colorado. Uh, there, there are a lot of teams right now that are kind of fishing in the same pool. And these are some of the players that either have one year left or are on an expiring deal that kind of lead the, the, the offensive category in terms of assets that are available, uh, unless you start trying to be a little more creative and start trying to pry guys away from teams that have full terms, uh, these are the primary assets. On a follow-up uh, follow on that, do you know what the status is right now with Jake Insel in terms of his, his health? He's doing well. Um, he's Because of the timeline of when he was placed on LTIR, he's eligible to come off on, on, on the 10th, uh, so nine days from now. Uh, I believe he's on track to do that, um, but Checking in, it, it sounds like he's, he's, he's healing well. He's ready to, he should be ready to go in and around that time frame. David, one more on Pavel Buchnevich before we move on uh, to some other areas with the Blues. I, I've stated that if Doug's going to trade Booch at the trade deadline, the return has to include either someone who projects to be a top six forward for the Blues next season or someone who projects as a top four defenseman for the Blues next season. Now, I understand they might be young. There's still some upside, but that's who you're going after. Do you believe that the teams that are interested in Booch have those players in their system, whether it's NHL or in the prospect pool? Some do. I think Edmonton does. I think Edmonton's an intriguing one because they're willing to move their first-round pick. They're willing to move some of the younger pieces. You know, Philip Broberg is, is available um, as, as a piece that they've been dangling on that, on that blue line. Um, hasn't meshed or connected fully well yet at the NHL level with their system. But he was, after he was sent down to the A this year, he has been playing – a lot of minutes, and he's been playing very well, um, which is potentially a good sign, or at least from Edmonton's perspective, they could sell that. Um, but <laughs> he, he has been doing better. Um, so there are a few. Dylan Holloway is another player from them. Um, and then you look at other, you know, some other teams that, that could be part of the mix. I don't know if, you know, Vegas fully is there um, in terms of asset-wise, but there are some teams that do have some of those pieces that they'd be willing to – to kind of part with. And, and to your point, um, look, Ar- Army's not going to move this player unless he gets what he feels is, is top-tier value for him. So even if it's a first-round pick and uh, a, a sub-tier prospect, it, it's not something that the Blues are going to jump on. They want to make sure if they're moving this player, they're getting the return that basically forces them to say yes. 
So as we're talking to David Panyota of the fourth period, you can follow him on Twitter at the fourth period, F-O-U-R-T-H spelled out fourth period. Uh, David, as, as you think about the likelihood of the Blues actually moving um, Buchnevich as we get closer to this year's deadline, how would you present the likelihood of that, given what you know about these other teams and, and how urgently they're looking to upgrade? I think there's more of a willingness to go after him over a Gensel, for example, because of that extra year on the deal. Um, so I think from that perspective, it gives him, it might give a bit of an edge to his side. Um, but, you know, again, it's going to come down to teams being willing to, to pay a premium. And if you're truly looking for offense, um, and, and I think Vegas may be more so than Edmonton from a, a top six desire because Mark Stone is going to be out until I think at least May. Um, you know, that, that, it's good. That kind of changes things a little bit. I think from Edmonton's perspective, um, they would like to add, but they also want to add on the blue line. So they have to be cognizant of where their assets are going to be placed and how they're going to move things out. In addition to that, they're right up against the cap. So even if St. Louis retains on Bushnevich's deal, which I would be a little surprised, um, they're going to have to take a body back or somebody from Edmonton is going to have to leave and end up somewhere else. Cody Cece's name is out there. Greg Kulak's name is out there on the back end, and Warren Fogel as well. And that may that may it may be a separate deal or a three way, and that certainly complicates things. They got seven days to figure it out. But um, there, there are there are options. I, I just it comes down to which teams are willing to pay that price for a guy with an extra year versus a UFA like like Gensel. Uh, there's been a little bit of resistance or a lot more resistance, I should say, with respect to Gensel's asking price versus what St. Louis has been asking um, or or wanting anyway for Bushnevich. David, another player that we've talked a lot about in St. Louis, which makes sense because we see him all the time, but he has Mm -hmm. taken a dip this season is Jordan Cairo. Now, I don't know if the Blues even are interested in trading Jordan Cairo, but do you think there would be interest around the National Hockey League if the offseason comes around and Cairo's name is out there? Without question. Um, that, that, that's zero hesitation. If, if Kairou is available, there will be 31 other teams that will want to know what that price is and how they can make it happen. Um, you know, like you said, yeah, rough, rough season hasn't really, you know, ups and downs, maybe more downs than ups, but the kid's 25 years old. Um, you know, he'll be, he'll be 26, I think, in April or May. Um, he, he's got seven more years on this contract. And the way that, um, you know, he's, he's performed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Look, the numbers aren't as, I, I don't even know if they, I would even categorize them as, as, as not as solid as the last few seasons when he had 70 plus points. I think he's on pace close to it. It just, you, you anticipated that next step, which I still believe he will get to. And I think a lot of teams believe that as well. Um, I would be surprised if we see any action now, but if he is, available or or at least if St. Louis is willing to at least explore that in the summer I'm telling you the other 31 teams will be lining up as a follow-up to that David is that a move that if the Blues did decide to move him in the offseason and I would imagine they're looking for a player in return that just needs a change of scenery is that a move that you believe the Blues would regret I, I mean depending obviously what the return is but um, I think I think Kairou is is uh, he's a star. Let's just put it that way, plain and simple. He's he's a star. It's it's again a roller coaster year this year, 
Um, but he, it, like this, he has superstar potential still. Like he had 70 points plus the last couple of seasons. He'll be in and around that this year. Um, this is a guy that's going to be just entering the prime of his career once he, you know, basically now till 30. You're looking at that star status without question for at least the next five, six seasons. Um, that that would not be unless you're getting equivalent or better value in a move in this respect. And if they do move him, it would be a hockey trade, talent for talent. Um, I don't think there's much of a, of a desire to do it. And, and I think it would more or less come from the, from somebody from the outside to say, look, we want to move this piece. We like that player in, in Jordan Cairo. How do we make this work? I think that would be how this thing really gets initiated. If it does ever get to that point. David, outstanding stuff as always. Again, truly appreciate you making some time out of a busy schedule to hop on with us. I know I'm glad we got you on now because next week sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a whirlwind. So <laughs> enjoy the week of trade deadline, sir. And I know we'll talk to you post trade deadline and uh, going into the off season here on BK and Ferrario. Sounds great. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. There you go. He's one of the best. David Panyota, the fourth period series, XM NHL radio, and of course, NHL network um, television wise.